Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we have a part two interview. I love it when I get to talk to my guests again because it just means that they have so much information that we couldn't cram it into an hour. Um, I spoke with this guest back in February, so it's taken us a little bit to get him back on the program again. Things have happened in the world, which is going to be part of what we talk about because we're going to be talking about communicating and more importantly about listening. And we've had this silly thing called coronavirus and COVID-19 and shutdowns and work from homes and all sorts of things, which have made communication and listening shall we say, challenging. <laughs> so please join me in welcoming Oscar Trimboli to our program again. Welcome, Oscar. G'day, Deb. Uh, it's nice to be back and having the extended conversation with you. I love it. You know, and as everyone can tell, Oscar is not here in the United States. He is in Sydney. I love it. It's a time warp. It's one day here. It's a different day for him. This just gets my head very confused. Um, and, and actually, as I'm kind of blathering on here. It's going to make sense in a little bit when we talk about the type of listener that I am, right? Right, Oscar? Mm -hmm, yeah. And everybody who knows me, when we get to these, they're going to go, yeah, right. Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. So bef you know, let me tell people a bit about you because they might not remember from February and then we'll jump back in. So Oscar Trimboli is a coach supervisor, speaker, and author of Deep Listening, Impact Beyond Words, the 125-400 rule, the art and science of listening and breakthroughs, how to confront your assumptions. Through his work with chairs, boards of directors, and executive teams in local, regional, and global organizations, Oscar has experienced firsthand the transformational impact leaders and organizations can have when they listen beyond the words. He consults to organizations including Cisco, Google, HSBC, News Corp, PayPal, Qantas, and TripAdvisor, helping executives and their teams listen to what's being unsaid by customers and their employees. Oscar lives in Sydney with his wife, Jenny, where he helps first-time runners and ocean swimmers conquer their fears and contributes to the cure for cancer as part of CAN2, a cancer research charity. So again, Oscar, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful Southern hospitality. I love it. I love it. Well, I had fun earlier today. I went back and listened to our program, which again is, as I said, um, originally aired in February. So it's, it's easy for everyone to find that. And several things popped out at me. The first was this backdrop. When we talked before, I didn't have it. And what hmm. is back behind the backdrop is a snippet of my personality, shall we say. There's pictures, <laughs> there's sayings, there's a stuffed animal, there's this, there's that. And, and I do, I think of it as who I am. I mean, you know, that's, that's how we decorate our offices, right? But it's very distracting. Yeah. And that's one of the first things that we really need to watch when we are making it so that people can listen to us better is are we creating distractions but speaking of that let's kind of go back into this because we talk about being deep listeners and what does that mean we've all heard about active listening that's how you listen to what's said mm -hmm. deep listening is listening to what's not said okay we speak at 125 words a minute, yet we can think at up to 900 words a minute. So the likelihood, the very first thing we say is mm -hmm. what we mean mm -hmm. is an 11% chance. Right. Deb, I think you get better odds at Las Vegas on a mm -hmm. roulette wheel than you would having a conversation based on the very first thing mm -hmm. that people say. Mm -hmm. So most of us go through conversation, skirting over the very first thing we say, and mm -hmm. then we get confused why right. we might be frustrated or we might be anxious or we might be confused about what people are saying. Mm -hmm. So deep listening is listening to those other 800 words that the person hasn't said. Mm -hmm. And it's not just body language, you know, because that is one of the, it is part of that, but there's so many other things that, that go into it. 
Yeah, it's it's about listening to what's said. Mm -hmm. It's about listening to what's unsaid. It's about listening to what you're sensing. Mm -hmm. So how do you listen with your gut and with your heart, mm -hmm. not just with your head and mm -hmm. your mind? And it's also about how you feel. You can often notice people just by their state, mm -hmm. their shoulders might be drooped, their energy right. might be low, their mm -hmm. energy might be high, their spine, shoulders, neck mm -hmm. may be erect, or it might be tilted to one side. All of these are very important non-verbal listening signals to help you understand how well you're communicating. Mm -hmm. Whether the research has been done in Europe or North America or in Asia, one thing is very consistent. As people speaking, we're very judgmental of our listeners. And the number one thing we use to judge whether somebody is listening to us is their eyes mm -hmm. and the verbal signals they give us back. So if they paraphrase back to us what we just said, something the active listening movement has taught us, then there is a stronger belief by the speaker that the listener is paying attention. Mm -hmm. So our visual cues matter and they matter more than ever now because we've moved into a world where normal is video conferencing right. as opposed to face-to-face -face mm -hmm. meetings. So I would say right now we're starting to develop new muscles. Mm -hmm. when it comes to listening, particularly listening to visual cues. One of the big things people say to me, Oscar, oh, you know, it's not the same. Well, if this was our world and the only way we ever interacted, we would have developed these listening muscles mm -hmm. and we would have thought listening face-to-face -face might be difficult as well. So for most of us, when we're communicating on video conferencing, Deb, the, but the big tip I would say is get your webcam to eye level. Right. For most of us, what that means is put three, four, five books underneath your laptop mm -hmm. and make sure the webcam gets as close to eye level as possible mm -hmm. because that's a very big nonverbal trust signal mm -hmm. for all of us. Right. And I'll be honest, mine's about four inches low. But it is at least right in front of me. Yeah. The big frustration people have is where they have the webcam over to the left or the right, mm -hmm. and then people are fixated on looking at the screen, which has either got their image showing up mm -hmm. in the video conference mm -hmm. or the image of the active speaker. Right. And what you get is a situation where your eye contact is over to one side. Mm -hmm. And as I talk over here, Deb, you're probably a bit confused. I'm thinking, what's over there? <laughs> exactly. And yet a lot of web conferences or video conferences that you'll see with the um, gallery view, mm -hmm. at least a third of the participants will have their head tilted to the left or mm -hmm. to the right or down or up. And straight away that reduces the capability for listening. Mm -hmm. uh, four weeks ago, we researched uh, 552 listeners. And we asked them, what do they struggle with when it comes to listening on video conferences? Number one was distraction. Right. Ironically, that's yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly the same number one distraction people struggle with mm -hmm. in face-to-face -face meetings mm -hmm. as well. But the other two were kids, mm -hmm. meaning uh, a number of people are homeschooling mm -hmm. at the moment. They have mm -hmm. their children at home. And then the third distraction was some kind of technology connectivity. The audio okay. was distorted, the video mm -hmm. was distorted, the mm -hmm. connectivity wasn't great because everybody in the house is sharing the internet at mm -hmm. the same time. So those three things around distraction kids and uh, connectivity are what this world presents to us when it comes to listening right mm -hmm. now. Right. You know, and it is difficult Especially, you know, with camera placement, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, you, know, you, you need to have it in front of you. Um, and, and mine is on a tripod, because if I were to have it on top of my monitor, I would be looking up because my monitor is, is a big monitor. Um, yeah. I also know to move my screen because the way that Zoom sets up, and I just moved it so that I can, can make my eyes do this, 
it's, it puts the images next to each other. It doesn't put them on top of each other. And so when it's next to each other, yeah, I'm, I'm looking off. I'm not looking at you. So I learned that I need to, to move that. And it was funny. One of the first couple of videos that we did, uh, I thought, oh, this is so good. I'm going, it's, it's looking like I'm looking at the speaker every time. Nope. The way it did it, I was looking off the other direction the entire time. I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. Um, but, you know, and then... So, the, Deb, the, it might be a great time for you to take a screenshot for those oh, sure. people who are listening. Maybe right. they can then yeah. see exactly what you're talking about here, where you've got mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the person speaking immediately above eye level on the webcam is what you've set up there very skillfully. So, that mm -hmm. means... You create the perception you're looking deeply into my mm -hmm. eyes, mm -hmm. um, but what you're doing is looking through the webcam to right. the image directly mm -hmm. behind you, and, and that mm -hmm. creates incredible connection. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of connection we expect face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of connection we see in movies, right. in documentaries, on TV shows, which is where we've all been trained mm -hmm. on what great mm -hmm. video interaction looks like. Right. You know, it's funny. One of the things that, that I, I just thought of as you were talking about this were all of the television media people who have been used to being in studio and staring straight at that camera. And part of the reason they're staring straight at that camera is it also has their script. I mean, you know, it's a very fancy camera. It's got the, you know, all of that. Well, now they're home because, you know, they, they have been ordered to, to, to stay at home also, at least here in the United States. And so they're using their phones, their computers, all these various things. And it's funny because they'll be looking off, you know, they'll be, oh, I love the ones where the dog goes wandering past. Um, you know, there have now become some internet sensations of people's pets that have, have interrupted the news broadcasts, but they weren't used to it either. You know, they, they didn't really realize how important it was just to stare straight ahead but it's, it's, as you said, it's just like when we're talking to a person truly face-to-face. -face. If you're not looking at them, the very first thing that they are thinking of is they're not paying attention. Even if we yep. are, they're thinking, nope, they're not paying attention. Yeah. And that, that's, as I mentioned earlier on, the mm -hmm. academic research says these visual and auditory signals that mm -hmm. the listener is sending back is the biggest way we mark somebody mm -hmm. as a speaker mm -hmm. and as a listener. Right. And I think it's okay right now, Deb, to cut the cut the news broadcasters mm -hmm. a bit of slack. They, oh, they're yes. working really hard. And I think it's just showing us we're all human. Right. right. And, and it's actually very interesting um, because we're getting to know them more as people. And, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I haven't really been watching the news a lot. It's just, ugh, you know, too much, too much ugh that's going on. So I don't want to see it, but, <laughs> but you are seeing. Is that a Southern word? It's yes. Ugh, ugh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, is, but you are saying, oh my gosh, this person has a dog or, you know, this is the, this person lives, you know, look, look out the window, you know, depending on how they have things set up, uh, you know, and, and some of them have family photos, things like that. So to me, it is good because we're getting to know a little bit more about them. Now it comes back to exactly what I was saying with this screen. If they've got too much, I'm going, no, what's that picture there? What are you and And, you know, all of those various things. So they obviously have to be careful with, with what they have around them too. But it's, it is helping us to know more that they are, are humans is maybe, you know, and, and I think it's, you know, we're seeing that with our business conversations too, because as you mentioned, we're not meeting people truly face-to-face. -face. We're meeting on Zoom, on Skype, on, you know, FaceTime, whatever your technology happens to be. And we're getting to know a little bit more about them um, just because of what is around them when they're, they're taking, or, or more importantly, you know, do you, do they have their jammies on? And we're not going to go into the, the, the people who, oh, holy schmoly, you know, sometimes you just want to remind people that there's a camera. Hello, there's a camera. <laughs> um, but, but it's, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's fun. I was talking to a leader I'm working with at the moment about six weeks ago. So mm -hmm. just after our part of the world had moved mm -hmm. into lockdown and I said, now, now is the time for over communication. Mm -hmm. What's really critical, Richard, right now is whatever cadence, whatever tempo, whatever mm -hmm. frequency you're speaking to your staff in, you, you need to halve that. 
You right. need to do it much more regularly, much more quickly. Mm -hmm. And as a result, uh, you know, you need to shorten the meetings, don't make them as long. So he moved half an hour meetings to 15 minute mm -hmm. meetings, but it was mm -hmm. twice a week. Mm -hmm. and what, what I asked him afterwards is what did he notice from the process of connecting with his five leaders? Mm -hmm. and, and he said, he said, the most fascinating thing happened. Somebody I've been struggling to connect with. I just noticed in the background some really interesting artwork. And I asked him about it mm -hmm. and he explained that it was Mexican art mm -hmm. and that five years ago he'd gone to an artist collective in Mexico to learn how to paint. And it was a in-between job. Mm -hmm. They had a non-compete period of six months. So for three months he went to this Mexican artist collective and he explained that what this artwork meant mm -hmm. to him and talked about the specific female artist. And mm -hmm. then they got into a conversation about creativity mm -hmm. and how they could apply creativity into the situation that they're dealing with right now. Now, no disrespect to you and I, Deb, if they had those black sterile backgrounds that we have right now, that conversation right. would never have right. eventuated. Mm -hmm. Now we're doing this professionally, mm -hmm. so we have a very definite reason to have a very neutral background mm -hmm. to create contrast and make it easier for people to get the complete understanding of those nonverbal signals. But the, the tip out of that is when you do notice the background, it is a form of listening. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to look at the background and go, goodness, I wonder what that is. Mm -hmm. It's a very different conversation to go and say to the speaker, oh, I'm really curious about your artwork because mm -hmm. you're listening to the space behind them as right. well. It also acknowledges the humanity in us and it helps to create mm -hmm. a hook to get together more often. Mm -hmm. The other tip out of that story though, Deb, is more frequent, shorter meetings. Mm -hmm. In this modality of communication, your attention span drops dramatically. Your attention span drops to seven minutes. Mm. The longest you can hold concentration in this format without a change of modality. So the change of modality might be ask a question, mm -hmm. get people to do an exercise. Mm -hmm. I was on a webcast the other day where the presenter got us to stop and do five push-ups ah. to get the energy back in the room. Mm -hmm. Seven minutes later, stop, do five star jumps. Mm -hmm. Now, the webinar was about how to maintain your energy during a video conference, so it was completely appropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of leaders out there thinking about how they improve the ability for staff to listen, for supplies to mm -hmm. listen, for customers to listen during video conferences, know this anticipate the distractions. They mm -hmm. are going to happen, mm -hmm. whether it's the phone, the kids, the pets, just the thought about mm -hmm. when does this conference end mm -hmm. is what's going through the listener's mind. But breaking up the way you communicate mm -hmm. every seven minutes. The other thing that's really critical to improve listening is when you ask a question in a video conference, cue up the people who are going to answer. So if you're asking a question in a group of say five to seven mm -hmm. or less, mm -hmm. this technique can be used. If you're in a group seven or more, mm -hmm. use the chat function so that okay. not only everyone is equal in expressing what they mm -hmm. say, everybody else can listen to it as well. Mm -hmm. So if you pose a question, I'm curious what you're thinking about this topic, I'm gonna to go first to Mary Mm -hmm. then to Alan, then I'm going to come back to John, right. Jim, and then finally to Alice. Mm. And then everybody knows their order. Mm -hmm. They're not fumbling with the mute button on the microphone mm -hmm. setting on their software. And it's a much smoother mm -hmm. experience. They don't feel like they've been cold called on. Mm. And the opposite, there's no big awkward pause where people go, and then people oh, no, jump in and start talking over mm -hmm. the top of each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is something that replaces the eye scan from the leader in the room where the leader would pose a question and then simply turn their head to somebody mm -hmm. and that act would be a signal for mm -hmm. them to start speaking. Right. Mm -hmm. it, you have to be much more explicit as a mm -hmm. host right now 
in guiding the participants in sequence. Mm -hmm. So tip number one, say out aloud and acknowledge what's happened. Tip number two, cue the people up mm -hmm. in groups of say five to seven or less. Use the chat function for people in seven or more so mm -hmm. everybody's equal. Mm -hmm. Also when the people speak, so when Mary spoke in that example that I queued up, you could, you could simply notice something about Mary. You could say, hey, you know, one of the things that I noticed, Mary, is you've got great lighting. Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing how Mary's got no lighting behind her and we can see all of her face. Mm -hmm. Four weeks ago, I was uh, doing a workshop with 14 people in a venture capital company, very numerate people, very rational people, mm -hmm. 14 people. When I started, Deb, there were seven webcams on and and the balance half were mm -hmm. off is mm -hmm. audio only mm -hmm. but i kept noticing and acknowledging something that the people who were speaking i first acknowledge them by their name mm -hmm. so when you speak to them say deb that's really great mm -hmm. i love the smile you give me every time you respond to my answer and then what would happen over the next 15 minutes another webcam would go on, another mm. webcam would go on, another mm -hmm. webcam would go on. We got to 13 out of 14 on. But the point is, if you set up these very arbitrary rules to say, all webcams must be on, mm -hmm. that is the rule of the video conference. Right. And they're like, oh. Well, for some people, they might have kids racing mm -hmm. around in their background right. and it just won't be helpful. Mm -hmm. And they're making a choice not to display mm -hmm. video for the group. Mm -hmm. There are many other reasons why they don't. But as leaders, if we can role model and acknowledge mm -hmm. what we're noticing in visual signals from people on the video conference, it creates a much more mm -hmm. intimate experience. Right. So going from broadcast to Q&A, maybe a poll slide, mm -hmm. maybe an exercise, maybe a breakout room. Mm -hmm. um, all these amazing technologies exist for us. And yes, listening is different now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's only different because we're starting to develop new muscles. Right, right. You know, and it is, I think, you know, uh, what I love, uh, uh, there's several things that I just, you know, it's like, oh, sh holy schmoly. I like that you acknowledge the people by name because, you know, when we're face to face with someone and they look at you, you know, oh, they notice that I'm here. But you know, in yeah. this format, you know, which obviously the more people you have, pretty soon you've got the Brady Bunch, then you've got, you know, so many people that there's no way that, and so people are thinking, they don't even know I'm here. Even if I have my video camera on, they don't know I'm here. So then when you acknowledge them by name, they're like, oh, wow. You know, and, and now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this is not first grade. We're not doing this to, you know, get somebody to pay attention. Um, you know, and, and. Oh, yes, we are. I know. There are times <laughs> where, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've done that when I've been giving presentations. You know, you, you, you walk up to the person, you get closer to them, you know, to, to you know, wake them up. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are times where, okay, we'll be honest, you're, you're, you're not, I'm hoping we're not calling anybody out to you by saying, hey, Oscar, wake up, wake up, Oscar. Um, <laughs> but at the same point, you know, you might, as you said, yes, there are, you know, we might be kind of, kind of gathering their attention again. Um, but, but we all want to know that we're being, that we're, that people notice that we're there. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, that's, that's what I love about the cameras going on. People were realizing, hey, they are going to notice that I'm here, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, and if you make a point of saying, you know what, it doesn't matter what's on in your background, um, doesn't matter if you've got, you know, yes, you should have a shirt on, but, um, you know, it, it could just be a t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's yeah. okay. You don't have to be dressed, dressed. Um, it was funny. I was uh, doing a video conference with somebody and his wife went bebopping across the room. Um, and, you know, and, and she was like, Oh dear, you know, she didn't realize she was going to be on camera. Um, I had a, you know, had another one uh, just today where the husband came wandering through, um, you know, and, and so these things, as you said, distractions happen. It's, it's going to happen if you're in an office. I mean, you know, somebody goes wandering through the meeting, the door opens, all these various things, um, you know, and, and speakers acknowledge that. I mean, that's part of our speaker training is we acknowledge that that's there and, you know, all of these things, but, but yeah, you know, it's, 
it is it is different and we could be doing this type of, of meetings for a very long time you know people are not going to want to meet truly face to face and more importantly i think we've expanded who we're working with um because during this time we've had that opportunity where we can reach out we can develop other uh, alliances, other clients, all these things. So we're, we've expanded our base. So this is, is going to be a natural form of communication. So knowing how to do it is, is, is great. Yeah. And I think, you know, as somebody who's going to be listening on video conferences, those, I want to give you a couple of practical tips to be and ready and available to listen so mm -hmm. the time is productive mm -hmm. one of the first signals we send to people that we are or aren't going to listen is whether or not we accept the meeting request right so some some people don't even understand that mm -hmm. they're sending the host is being sent a listening signal mm -hmm. they might invite 10 people to the mm -hmm. meeting but only eight can attend mm -hmm. So how does the meeting host listen to mm -hmm. the two people who weren't present? Mm -hmm. right. How can they integrate their mm -hmm. feedback into it? Mm -hmm. The other thing is your visual landscape is completely different to mm -hmm. what you're used to. Right. You've got a webcam, you've got a monitor. So the second tip is this, switch off all your notifications. Mm -hmm. I know some people just went, Oh, it's like going cold but, turkey. But, but, it's mm -hmm. like telling me to stop drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. So those notifications, whether they're from Slack or email mm -hmm. or chat windows or whatever the case may be, it will just help you hold mm -hmm. your presence a little bit right. longer. Mm -hmm. And if you can hold your presence a little bit longer, you can make a bigger contribution. Mm -hmm. The other, the final tip is this. On introductions, as we go around in those smaller group meetings of, say, mm -hmm. five to seven or less, when we go around the room, one of the questions to pose to the host is, what is your expectation of me during this meeting? Mm -hmm. Which is code for, how do you want me to listen? How right. do you want me to interact? Mm -hmm. How do you want me to participate? And as a result, other people will probably ask or have an expectation the same way. Now, maybe mm -hmm. by the third third time somebody asks that, the, the answer is going to be very consistent mm -hmm. from the host. But a lot of us just turn up to a conversation not understanding is this information, mm -hmm. is this decision-making, is this idea generation, mm -hmm. what is the expectation of the participant so I can pay attention to how I listen. Right. So tip number one, you know, distractions are going to happen. So remove the electronic ones. Mm -hmm. Tip number two, ask the host what you want to do. And tip number three, have the webcam at eye level. That's mm -hmm. going to make a huge difference as right. well. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that I do with any of the, the times when I'm recording is I turn off the things that are on my computer. I turn off my email. I turn off Facebook, social media, all of those various things not only because it's a distraction, but it also sucks some of the computing processing power, there's I'm sure some technical term, from your computer, you know, and, and so it could slow down your connection. So you don't want to all of a sudden be going, because you're getting an email, um, you know, and, and um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, just like if you were meeting face to face, and, and we talked about this in our first conversation, you know, this is one of the worst things that, that exists. Now, I have mine on right now because I'm using the timer. Um, but otherwise, I shouldn't have it, you know, because it is distracting. You know, we're looking at things. And, and of course, I find this funny because five, you know, definitely 10 years ago, we didn't live with these things attached to our hips. You know, the world did not stop if we didn't get that immediate notice. And if there is something that really is truly immediate, you're going to get another, some other way of, of you know, of, of somebody acknowledging you or, or trying to contact you. So it's okay to go for, and especially if, you know, like you said, we're cutting meeting times in half. If you can't go for seven minutes, 15 minutes without your phone, now, you know, yes, there are emergencies. So we're just going to put the emergencies off to the side. But just in the normal course of, of your work, if you can't go for, for seven to 15 minutes, we go for an hour. We do a whole hour. Now, 
is that hard? Yes, that's hard for me. That's really hard for me. You could probably guess that, right? Um, but I, I don't have anything. I'm guessing going. you're the lost listener. I am. I am. I'm a lost listener. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, because, yeah, distractions. And, and so I do. I have to have Facebook closed. I have to have all notifications turned off. Because even if it's just that I glance at it, that has taken my focus away from listening to you. Um, you know, and, and so, so let's talk about the, the lost listener and, and, you know, the various types of listening villains. See, I did go back and listen to our program. Um, and, and there's a test, a little quick little test that people can go to your website and, and take to find out what type of listener you are. So tell us a little bit about the types of listeners, and then we'll talk about what your test showed about me. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it a test because that implies pass that or fail. That scares people. Deb. Yeah, it was quizish. <laughs> it's it's a quiz. It's mm -hmm. over in seven minutes. Mm -hmm. It's there to help you understand what mm -hmm. are the most common barriers that get in your way when mm -hmm. it comes to listening. Mm -hmm. And if you visit listeningquiz.com, you, you can take the assessment yourself. Mm -hmm. It'll tell you what your primary listening barrier mm -hmm. villain is and your secondary listening villain is. But the most important part, Deb, it gives you a three-step action plan. Right. And if you want to sign up for a 90-day challenge to build those mm -hmm. muscles over mm -hmm. 13 weeks, we'll prompt you with some uh, reminders mm -hmm. via email around some really simple actions. And they're nice. Take. It's, it's okay, folks. It's not that Oscar's going to reach out and whack you. They're, they're nice reminders. <laughs> gentle, gentle encouragement mm -hmm. as opposed to drill sergeant. Right. You mm -hmm. will do 50 push-ups today. No, no. So, you know, we, we go back and remind ourselves who are the four villains of listening. Mm -hmm. The first one is the dramatic listener. The second one is the interrupting listener. The third one is the lost listener. And the fourth one is the shrewd listener. Mm -hmm. So, Deb, your primary listening villain is the lost listener. Right. Mm -hmm. And who was your secondary listening My villain? My secondary was shrewd. And I'll be yeah. honest, I assumed... I was going to be the interrupting listener. <laughs> you know? um, but then it made sense when I was reading it, why I was the lost listener and then the shrewd listener. Mm. So listening is situational, it's mm -hmm. relational, and it's mm -hmm. contextual. So it means you'll listen differently to a police officer mm -hmm. than you will to a right. principal at school. Mm -hmm. You'll listen differently to a doctor than you will to a dentist. Mm -hmm. You'll listen differently to an accountant than you will to an actor. Right. You'll listen differently to your siblings than you will to children. To kids. Mm -hmm. So you listen differently in different contexts. So for me, Deb, I'm the lost listener at home mm -hmm. and I'm the shrewd listener at work. Mm -hmm. So I'm the, I'm the opposite of you. My primary listening villain is shrewd. Mm -hmm. My secondary listening villain is lost. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you how lost shows up for me and then we'll discover how lost shows up for you. Mm -hmm. So when I come home from work, my listening batteries are completely drained. I'm mm -hmm. spending at right. least... 90% of my day listening. Mm -hmm. You just want to go. Now, <laughs> yeah, so I need to recharge my listening batteries. Oh, by the way, if you do want to recharge your listening batteries, play music. That will be the fastest ah. way to recharge your listening batteries. What kind of music doesn't matter as long as mm -hmm. the music varies. So okay. you might listen to some slow music, some fast mm -hmm. music. So, you know, for me, it's a combination of mm -hmm. uh, classical music mm -hmm. and other music. That's one way to recharge your listening batteries. The other way to recharge your listening batteries is exercise. Mm -hmm. Get your body moving. Mm -hmm. You can um, recharge the body from that point mm -hmm. of view. But when I come home particularly on weekends, particularly when all the family comes over for Sunday lunch, my brother-in-laws can tell me so much about the difference between manual settings and automatic settings on a digital camera. Mm -hmm. Now, these two brother-in-laws, um, they have a very religious battle. Mm 
In one corner, it's the religion of Nikon, and on the other corner is the religion of Canon. And oh, dear. the virtues oh, of digital settings on mm. Canon versus Nikon and post-production, mm -hmm. and off they go. And I can, like, completely zone mm. out in this right. conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and occasionally, they humor me and ask me a question, and I always say, yeah, my camera is my phone, mm -hmm. so um, yeah. whatever the iPhone does, mm -hmm. that, that's my answer. But then in the, in the extended family, mm -hmm. you know, one of the very famous stories is of my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law was famous for baking marble cakes. She would bake a marble cake every second day and the kids would demolish these marble cakes. Mm. She couldn't hide them fast enough. Mm -hmm. They were an amazing combination of chocolate and vanilla and mm-hmm. They taste beautiful. When they came out of the oven, what a heavenly smell that mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. But what Ushi had to do to stop the kids eating the cake is she'd wrap them up in a tea towel mm -hmm. and then hide them somewhere so the kids couldn't find them. Well, guess what? When they moved from South Africa to Australia, in the garage area, they discovered <laughs> nine mouldy marble cakes oh. that she'd completely forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard that story told so many times mm -hmm. that I'm sure I could tell it, but the minute... They start the story where they want to tell one of the grandkids about Bushy's mm -hmm. marble cake. That's mm -hmm. my signal to completely become mm -hmm. yeah. the lost listener. Mm -hmm. Where does loss show up for you, Deb? So it's, it's as we were saying, I get distracted. I'm a daydreamer. I'm thinking 900 projects ahead. Um, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest, like I said, when I read this, I went, oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's not that I don't care about what the person is saying. And I think that's yeah. one of the things that, that is important. I do care. It's just kind of in there somewhere. <laughs> you <know>? um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and so it's, it's a matter of focusing and, you know, and making myself care. You know, let's, let's just be honest and, and really thinking, okay, I can think about what I'm going to fix for dinner later. You know, let's pay attention to them now and, you know, and, and focus my brain on actually doing that. And, and of course, it's very easy for me to be distracted. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm honest with that. I can get distracted so easily. What, what are we, what are we doing here again? Um, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, so that, and which is part of why I have to turn off all the distractions. I have to, to do everything. Um, my desk is you know, fairly calm. It's, you know, I'm not going to reach out. And, and if, if there's something on my desk that I'm going to touch like these, they're actually part of the program. So I'm, I'm hopefully not getting distracted, but yeah, I'm, I am the, I am definitely the squirrel type of, of listener, whether it pertains to what they're talking about or not. I'm just gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, one of the things that uh, the distracted lost listener can notice is this. Are you giving attention mm -hmm. or are you paying attention? Uh -huh. pa paying attention sounds like you, some form of taxation. Right. You know, I mm -hmm. have to slice off a percentage of my attention right mm -hmm. now right. for you. And, and you're Whereas, thinking of mom going, now pay attention to me, right? Yeah, and for those who are listening on the podcast, Deb just had this oh, big I waggled my finger, finger um, <laughs> to, to make sure that I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think there's a great distinction between paying attention and giving attention. Giving attention feels like it's a gift, feels mm -hmm. like it's heartfelt, mm -hmm. feels like it's not coming from a place of resentfulness that mm -hmm. I have to pay something to you. So that's one thing that the lost listener can notice. Am I in the mindset of giving attention or am mm -hmm. I in the mindset of paying attention? Right. Mm -hmm. it, it reminds me of a story that a visiting executive from Seattle came to Australia, a 24 hour flight. I was hosting 30 CEOs. And I, as I introduced Peter to the meeting in a big boardroom table, he got up and walked over to his bag and I was completely confused. I thought, mm -hmm. oh, this meeting's not gonna go well. Yeah. What he did was he put his cell phone off and he mm -hmm. put it in his bag. He mm -hmm. stood up at the head of the table, mm -hmm. apologized to everyone and said, look, I'm really sorry. The most important thing I can give all of you right now is my attention. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, 
17 people switched off their cell phone right. and either put it in their jacket pockets mm -hmm. or in their uh, in their carry bags and that was a fa fantastic meeting mm -hmm. when he left i had half an hour to debrief the executives and they said that was one of the most powerful meetings they've ever been part of not mm -hmm. because peter was the host but because they actually started listening right. to each other mm -hmm. so as parents we're listening role models mm. as leaders in a workplace we're listening role models mm -hmm. as staff members in a workplace we're mm -hmm. listening role models as siblings we're listening role models and if you're trying to listen to children Again, that tip I gave you earlier on about the webcam applies mm -hmm. to kids as much. Right. I'm not saying anything about the webcam when it comes to kids. But when you're talking to kids, always make sure your eye level is at their mm -hmm. eye level. Right. Kneel down, do whatever you need to. Mm -hmm. It's really critical. It's very intimidating for a child to look up at a very tall adult mm -hmm. while they're pretty much saying things like, didn't you hear me? And the answer probably is no, because mm -hmm. you spoke over the top of their head. Right. And, and, and they're just thinking, yeah. to hear them. <laughs> so there are the things for lost listeners to think about, Deb, is just as I show up, no, I will di get distracted. Mm -hmm. The 125-400 rule, I speak at 125 words a minute, you listen at 400, it mm -hmm. means you're going to fill in the gap for 300 right. old words. Mm -hmm. So the difference between me and anybody else is I know I'm going to be distracted. Mm -hmm. So the tip for you to think about, oh, I notice I'm getting distracted, mm -hmm. just take a really deep breath mm -hmm. in through your nose, mm -hmm. all the way down to the bottom of your lungs and back out. Mm -hmm. And that'll center you and your mind back mm -hmm. into the conversation because the deeper you breathe, mm -hmm. the deeper you listen. Right. And you're focusing on that. I mean, that is, that's, that's brought you back to, to there. You can't deep breathe, breathe, <laughs> deep breathe. You can't be taking a deep breath and be thinking about what you're fixing for dinner kind of at the same time. I mean, you, you, yeah. you have to focus. It's a reset. It mm -hmm. is an absolute reset mm -hmm. for you. So that's the lost listener. Mm -hmm. Now let's have a bit of fun with the shrewd listener. Disproportionately represented mm -hmm. in the legal profession, the accounting profession, mm -hmm. any advice giving profession, mm -hmm. consultants, architects. Right. It's also disproportionately represented in the medical profession. Mm -hmm. And the shrewd listener kind of are amazing at pretending that they're listening. They do right. this a lot. Mm -hmm. I've got or, my or hand this. on my chin and Deb's <laughs> just taken her glasses mm -hmm. off and mm -hmm. gone into a very professional way of using the glasses to show intense listening. Mm -hmm. But with closed captioning on in front of us, what's going on in our mind is, Wow, that's such a basic problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't believe they can't fix it themselves or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stroke my chin and nod. In mm -hmm. fact, I'll tilt my ears to the right, which shows the most intense listening possible. Yeah. But while I'm doing that, I'm going, okay, so if that's their problem, when I fix that, their next problem will be problem two. Mm -hmm. And when I fix that, uh, that'll be problem three. Gee, I'm so smart. <laughs> and while you're solving all the problems mm -hmm. that they've never discussed, you're mm -hmm. like a doctor diagnosing a symptom that the patient hasn't even spoken right. about. And probably doesn't have. Or is not important to. Mm -hmm. So for me, the shrewd listener turns up for me, Deb, when I listen to people describe situation and I use heuristics, we all do this. These are mental shortcuts that mm -hmm. go, if they say A and B, then I can triangulate that and know mm -hmm. that C is the next right. thing they're going Has to, to say. Mm -hmm. And that, that shows up in my consulting work. It shows up when I take a brief or around a speech that people might want me to deliver. That shows up in a workshop setting where I see a dynamic emerge in the group and I use the heuristic model and mm -hmm. says, ah, we've got two coalitions emerging in a room. I know the technique I will use. And then all of a sudden, coalition three emerges mm -hmm. and there's three groups in the room. How does shrewd listener show up for you, Deb? 
I do try and solve people's problems in advance. Um, and it's funny, I was just reading, I, see, there goes my focus thing again. Um, I was reading the report that I got from you that, that is talking about the different listeners. And it said, a shrewd listener says, while your problem solving mind is very capable, your weakness is in your confidence, which can often mean you miss the point. Mm. And, and I think that's true. You know, it's like, well, I'm not really sure, but I know this part. So, you know, um, you know, maybe it's, it's, you know, we, we always kind of make fun of used car salesmen and, you know, and you mentioned that salespeople are shrewd listeners, you know, they're thinking that you need the car that you can fit six kids into. <laughs> Because you, you know, you're, you look like a parent. Well, you don't even have kids. And so, you know, you didn't, somewhere there was that big mismatch, but they solved the problem because they could put your six kids in there. Um, and, and I do that. I'm, you know, and, and again, it's not that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I am trying to be helpful. And as salespeople, as doctors, as consultants, all of these things, that's what we're taught to do. We're taught to solve someone's problems. But yeah. are we solving the right problems? Because we're not paying attention. And the problem is they don't want to correct us, you know, and, and for whatever reason, and especially because a lot of times you're talking about someone who has, shall we say, a forceful personality, or maybe, you know, you, know, you mentioned, say, doctors. I mean, you know, we don't want to question doctors. They're smart people. They went to school for a long time. Same with lawyers, same with CPAs. So we don't want to question their knowledge. So we just go with it, right? And then we have to go find a different answer somewhere from, from somebody else. But that's where it gets tricky is, you know, if it, I don't know that I didn't solve their problem for them if they don't tell me I, that, they, that I didn't solve their problem for them. Yeah. And uh, the shrewdy, the shrewd listener is the master of the why question. They're mm -hmm. always asking why, 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 right. why. That's really not useful and productive. If you're mm -hmm. not in a trusting relationship mm -hmm. with somebody, it comes across as judgmental. Right. Well, uh, why would uh, you do that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, when was this? Uh, two weeks ago, I was working with somebody who sells homes. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, how's business going at the moment? Mm -hmm. Expecting nobody's buying a right. home. He said, oh, you'd be surprised who's coming mm -hmm. out of the woodwork mm -hmm. now because people have got time on their hands. They can talk about homes. Mm -hmm. And and I said to Ian, Ian, what's, the, what's your go-to question when you meet somebody for the first time? Mm -hmm. And um, his go-to question is, why are you here today? And we played around with that. Mm -hmm. And typically the people who are buyers for Ian are couples. Mm -hmm. And the couples, um, I said, what's your biggest frustration with the couples? He says, they actually haven't had the conversation. Mm. They haven't had the conversation mm -hmm. about can we afford it, mm -hmm. let alone what the plans are, right. let alone mm -hmm. what the budget is, what's, mm -hmm. what, what's our buffer? I said, Ian, practice this question with me and tell me what you think you would get as an insight differently because Ian was a shrewd listener. Mm -hmm. And I said, ask a how question and ask mm -hmm. the question, how long have you been thinking about buying a home? Ah. Or ask a when question. Mm -hmm. Hey, when did you guys first have the conversation about mm -hmm buying a home. So he chose the when question. He thought mm -hmm. that would yield a higher mm -hmm. return mm -hmm. for him. Well, goodness gracious me. He rang me up a week later, so excited because mm -hmm. he practiced the question and he was so surprised. He said, people actually want to answer that question. Mm -hmm. And people take me, they zoom me into their breakfast bars or their, or their dinner tables. Mm -hmm. Or it might be that they were walking along on a pathway when they had the conversation. Mm -hmm. And already I know something more about them than I do about the question, why did you come here today? Mm -hmm. And then what they do is they actually say it was six weeks ago, six months ago, six years ago. Again, that's giving him mm -hmm. amazing, useful information, not just for him, but for right. them. Mm -hmm. Especially and if one says six months and one says six years. So you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and he said, he said one of his roles that he realized that going back through all his successful sales mm -hmm. 
And then going back through all his unsuccessful sales, all his successful sales had nothing to do with budgets and the home and the features mm. and the rocks mm -hmm. and landscaping. He said this, which was really fascinating. When I could help the husband and wife listen to each other, mm -hmm. I always made the sale. Ah. When the husband and wife weren't listening to each mm -hmm. other, I rarely made the sale. Mm. I said, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And I said, how do you think that when question is helpful mm -hmm. for you? He says, people are just happy to talk for at mm -hmm. least five minutes. He says, most times I can't even get them to stay here for five minutes. They come in, they grab a brochure, they have a look at the mm -hmm. kitchen and the bathroom and they're off. Mm -hmm. Now it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what will happen with his sales results, Deb, mm -hmm. but Ian, being the shrewd listener, adjusting to using how, what, and when questions mm -hmm. rather than why questions. It's an interesting little dent in the mm -hmm. universe he's making, but I love right. the insight mm -hmm. that when I helped husbands mm -hmm. and wives listen to each other, mm -hmm. it was easier for me to make the sale. Right. Well, and I can imagine that sometimes they, you know, they came to the conclusion now is not the right time. Um, you know, and, and because their, their goals, their, you know, whatever weren't matching, um, yeah. you know, even if it was just, this one wants to live in the city, this one wants to live in the country. Um, you know, but, but, but when, when he made them think about it, um, that was what was good. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the things that I really got from reading your materials, listening to the interview again was it, a lot of times what we're doing is we're facilitating those those discussions you know when we're listening well we're helping to put those pieces together you know and, and yeah we are helping to solve problems and, and things like that but in many cases it really is that we're just kind of the facilitator that's there helping things to, to match up and and in sometimes it might mean it's not to our benefit i mean you know like i said they the the potential house uh holders might decide, whoa, we don't, you know, now is not the time. Um, you know, we could talk a client out of hiring us. Um, but it, it wouldn't have been right. You know, if they, if they were coming to us for the wrong reasons and we weren't being the right type of listener. So, you know, and it, so, you know, okay, we were being the shrewd listener. <laughs> we just kind of bullied them into, <laughs> into to hiring us. Um, you know, or, you know, all the, the various things. And so by listening correctly, we're, we're having much better decisions made. Yeah. And Ian actually mentioned the point you made that if the timing's not right mm -hmm. for them, the timing's not right for him. Right. Right. And he doesn't want to spend his time doing it. Exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. and, and the final point you made much more elegantly than I ever have is, uh, a good listener tries to listen to make sense of the conversation and the content mm -hmm. for themselves. Deep listeners, great listeners mm -hmm. help mm -hmm. the speaker make sense of what they're thinking, mm -hmm. whether they're speaking to each other mm -hmm. or just speaking to themselves. Right. So a lot of the time, if we can help move our listening orientation to help it be about them mm -hmm. and what they're trying to discover, it mm -hmm. will be much simpler. Mm -hmm. So, now that you can practice, Deb, you know you're the lost listener, mm -hmm. you know you're the shrewd listener. Yeah. Now uh, what do I do? Well, the good news is when you sign up at listeningquiz.com, mm -hmm. you have the option to sign up for the 90-day challenge. Mm -hmm. And the 90-day challenge will give you a series of very mm -hmm. simple materials. Okay. You get one email a week to mm -hmm. practice. Mm -hmm. And in practicing once a week, we will send you a reminder Mm -hmm. to drink water while you're listening, mm -hmm. a reminder to breathe deeply, a reminder to switch off your devices. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll provide you with some amazing short YouTube clips about mm -hmm. great techniques when it comes to listening. Uh, if you want the longer form, we can give you an interview um, with an FBI hostage negotiator and a suicide counsellor mm -hmm. talking about why why-based questions are unproductive mm -hmm. when it comes to listening to somebody mm -hmm. you don't have trust with right. as well. So we have no shortage of material to mm -hmm. support you on the journey and we have a community of practice. We meet monthly. We've just had our two um, 
our, our most recent monthly meeting mm -hmm. for April where we go across three different time zones. And typically we have five to seven people mm -hmm. in a webinar mm -hmm. and we have a theme. This month's theme was uh, selected by the group. They mm -hmm. all wanted to know this. How do I listen during a video conference? Right. Was, <laughs> How do I not get distracted? Mm -hmm. It was. And the big topic we discussed was, was distraction mm -hmm. there as well. Mm -hmm. So for all of us, it's uh, it's a journey of improvement. Mm -hmm. We're never going to be perfect listeners, right. but we are going to get better every mm -hmm. day by improving. Mm -hmm. And for you, Deb, just having the knowledge, mm -hmm. putting a label right. on what you struggle with mm -hmm. probably has already helped mm -hmm. you. Right. Yeah. Knowing, pay attention, <laughs> focus on people and don't immediately try to solve their problems. Um, you know, and, and, and again, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it to be helpful, to be kind, you know, to all of these various things, but that's not the right reasons. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and of course, as I was thinking about this, you know, as we're recording this, it's April and we're, you know, the whole world is shut down right now. Um, this will air in May, which things should be opening back up. But I'm guessing that things are going, we're, you know, we are definitely going to be doing business differently at least for several more months. You know, we're not going to be meeting face to face. More importantly, we're going to have some time. We're not going to be commuting. Hello. You know, no, no hour drives each way. So now might be a really good time to really be thinking about this. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of the things that, you know, people have said, okay, during these, this, the shutdowns, be doing self-improvement. What could be better than learning how to become a better listener? Um, you know, and, and because when we go back to work, when we go back to, when we're not with our families 24 hours a day, you know, this could really be interesting. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it, now really is a good time to sit down and think about this, um, you know, and, and really be thinking, how can I be improving my, my listening skills? What's the number one tip you're going to take away from today, Deb? I need to pay attention to my, you know, my, my, my listening villains. I need to, to work on my listening villains. And I love how they're villains. They're not, you know, because we need to fix them. We need to, to make them heroines. Would they be a heroine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you've got your listening villains and you've mm -hmm. got your listening heroes. Mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. in the deep listening book, we spend some time unpacking mm -hmm the four heroes of listening, the mm -hmm. conscious listeners, the right. ones that are the antidote to mm -hmm. each of those as mm -hmm. well. So Deb, maybe that's uh, the next the time next we step. get together, we yes. can spend a bit of time with the heroes of listening mm -hmm. and explore right. what that mm -hmm. means and mm -hmm. maybe unpick your experience over the 13 weeks. That mm -hmm. might be a natural time for us to reconnect Could and be. say, hey, how are you yeah. going? Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. are you going? Mm -hmm. It's right. been a joy to explore oh. and have a conversation with somebody who's had taken the quiz it is uh, you know and, and i love and it really what it was actually less than seven minutes i'll be honest with folks it was less than seven minutes um so it's it's very quick um it's there there it's complimentary there's no charge to do this folks so um you know you go to deeplistening.com correct Listening quiz. Listening quiz. See, good thing. See, I wasn't listening. <laughs> but you did check, which is great. Yeah. So listeningquiz.com will take you to, to where you take the quiz. You do. It's just, you, you fly through it. Be honest, folks. Uh, you know, I was sharing with Oscar a little bit about, I could, probably could have been a little bit more hard on myself. You know, I, I was like, oh, do I want to admit that? <laughs> you know? um, and, and of course, the key is yes. You know, if, if we really want to improve ourselves, we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, so, you know, like one of the things, one of the questions was, you know, paying attention. You know, some, always regularly, all the, you know, okay, be honest. You know, it's, it's not going to help if you're, if you're giving the answers that you think you should. Yeah. So Oscar, tell people again, how they find, and again, we still had things we didn't get to. We did not get to the cards. I love these. These, these are very cool little things. They are part of the deep listening. It's a box that, that you get that has the box. It has the book. It has the cards. And again, we still didn't even get to talk about those. So see, we have to have you on again. Um, but before then, how do people find you and connect with you online? 
Uh, if you go to listeningquiz.com, that's the pathway for everything. That'll okay. get you connected on social media with me. That'll get you connected with the Apple award-winning Deep Listening podcast where we interview high court judges, suicide counsellors, mm -hmm. air traffic mm -hmm. controllers, people who have to listen professionally, mm -hmm. as well as people who have to listen in different settings, um, mm -hmm. deaf interpreters, mm -hmm. palliative care nurses, mm -hmm. emergency room doctors. Mm -hmm. So we provide a landscape for you to listen from many experts about how to improve your listening. Then you can access the playing cards, the jigsaw puzzles, mm -hmm. the research data, and lots of things. There's even um, coming out, uh, will be available in May. There's a Deep Listening Managers Masterclass mm -hmm. where we go through the nine most mm -hmm. common meetings a manager has during the year mm -hmm. and how to listen to them deeply as well. So the, there's no shortage of resources to mm -hmm. move you from distracted to a deep listener. And listeningquiz.com is the starting point. Perfect. I love it. You know, and I think especially if we're still working from home, we're going to be distracted. Um, you know, there's, there, there's just so many things in your home that are going to keep us distracted. So how do we focus, um, you know, and, and, and keep our jobs, right? Um, and, and keep the people around you happy. You know, we, this, this isn't just a business tool. Um, it is something that, yes, your focus is business, but, you know, are we listening good to the, the, the people around us, no matter where they are? Great. Well, Oscar, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Just thanks for listening to me, Deb. It's the biggest gift you could give me. Perfect. I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having so much fun listening and talking with Oscar Trimboli. And until next time, everyone have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.